0: Welcome to Companions of the Perception Check, Episode 3, and tonight we are speaking about The Monk. I am joined this evening
1: by... Zachary, one of the DMs for the group.
2: And Michael, um, I'm one of the player characters for the group.
1: Good. Uh, And uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by the Martial Arts Handbook, Brown Spots on the Ceiling by Hu Fung Fu. (laughs) <laughs> and tonight we're
0: discussing the Monk class. And I'd like to to start out with just the background on the Monk. I in reading through it you you get I guess I would I would say it seems the inspiration for this comes from I guess a, a desire to have a Kane-like character from the 70s kung fu TV show.
1: Kind of funny. In several D&D novels, there's actually a character named Raiden Kane. <laughs> but uh, these are badass, too. But um, I think, yeah, it's if you want an Asian-themed character, it's also mechanically, if you want to be a really... A, a really mobile fighter, and also one that doesn't rely on weapons. I mean, monks have weapons, and there's something they've been playing around with in other of the Kenze, which uses a lot of weapons, but the big thing that monks have is they actually have a viable unarmed strike. Everyone else, if they succeed at a hit of an unarmed, unarmed strike, unless they have a racial power, it's one damage. You don't even roll, it's just one damage.
0: Slap to the face, that's
1: about it, yeah
0: well that's and and i and I see the 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 monk class gives you does give you a lot the ability to move around a lot more relative to say just a a standard fighter,
1: yeah.
2: I think there's kind of a fantasy aspect to it, though, too, though. I mean, you've got all these different weapon class types that are typically thought of in the fantasy genre, and this provides kind of a, a versatile aspect and another um, another archetype that can be used in the fantasy genre. Most people, when you typically think of fantasy stuff, it's type, typically the knights, rogues, you know— uh, ranged weapon users, things like that, but The Monk adds in the melee aspect, and, you know, it's a versatile fighter that can use a lot of weapons, but doesn't need to to be effective.
1: Well, it can use virtually any one-handed simple weapon and short swords. but still, that's not too bad.
0: No, and, and the fact that the, the unarmed... Uh, the, the unarmed attack does actually cause damage is 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 much is is greater it as you as you pointed out the the standard oh i lost my i'm a fighter i lost my sword but i can make a i can make a unarmed strike oh there's one damage and you know unless you're fighting something that's literally on the brink of death it's not going to help too terribly much
1: yeah
0: so let's let's talk about the the the, the chi points and abilities which are the which which is the mechanism that allows one to actually do damage and be an effective fighter yeah because you, you um. have several 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 abilities with it as you as you gain. Gain levels and 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 chi points. It seems to me it it seems to function similarly uh, to spell slots or sorcerer point. Well, it's more akin to sorcerer points, I would say.
1: Yeah. Uh, the thing is, uh, what I what I would say about uh, it's more true for a lot of psychic classes and older editions, but you get this with the Monk too. the uh, The key points work more along the magic point system you've seen a whole lot of um, a whole lot of video game RPGs. It's not a slot system for them. It's you spend so many and you can keep doing all this cool crap, but when you're out, you can't do any of it anymore.
0: yeah and we've got several um abilities stunning strike evasion fury of blows catch missile stillness of the mind purity of body uh tongue of the sun and moon and diamond body um, you you can yeah. use these as you as you as you level up
1: yeah
2: and i I think that that's one of the things with the monk that really kind of makes it um, an ideal fighting class is that you have a lot of versatility with the chi points and what you can do with them. Whereas you know with like the barbarian, where you only have so many rages that you can do, and you're kind of limited with you know obviously when you ra- when you enrage, you're able to do more damage, but that's really the extent of it. You don't have a lot of versatility beyond that.
1: Yeah. Well. Also, I'd say the versatility of barbarians, you actually get some choices, but the thing is, you kind of get to make those choices at once. You don't have a whole slew of abilities to keep choosing from. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, one thing I really like is the uh, one thing that is great about the monk is, again, its mobility. It's unarmored movement, which it starts getting at level two. It gets to greatly increase its speed. At level 9, it not only greatly increases its speed, it can run up walls and across liquids and just a lot of stuff like that. And it's also, a, despite the fact that it can't use armor whatsoever, it's uh, actually a very defensive class because it gets to add its wisdom score to its, uh, to its armor class as well as its dexterity. And then it also has you know, immunity to poison, ways to just simply stop a frightened or charmed effect. And it eventually gets to the point where it's proficient in every saving throw, regardless of which ability it's targeting. So these things are actually very defensive. They often get armor classes as high as the fighters in the party, even though they're not wearing any armor at all. Yeah, and... You, and they shake things off actually easier than fighters often do.
0: And and you throw into that um, abilities like evasion, where it can help you avoid even area of effect attacks like fireball. Or yeah. using catch missile to not just avoid damage but return that same damage back at the at the attacker. Yeah. And I do, I do see um, later on. You get the the ability, ability to use the tongue of the sun and moon, where you can speak any language, which really helps in in role playing situations where you may run into creatures where no one in the party is able to to communicate. To yeah, and-
1: like uh, like in the last uh, last session you had to work your way through a bunch of Dwergar but only one of you spoke Dwarvish.
0: Yeah. Imagine how how much harder that would be if no one spoke Dwarvish.
1: Yeah.
2: Pantomiming all around.
0: And then everybody's wishing we had video trying to do the pantomime. Yeah. Uh, Much like um Much like other other classes, there are multiple paths you can choose with their monastic uh, traditions. You have Way of the Open Hand, the Way of the Shadow, Way of the Four Elements. And then you have two from the Sword Coast, which are more more in line with, with things that happen in the Forgotten Realm setting. The Way of the Long Death and the Way of the Sun Soul. Um... Yeah. But we can start with the, 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 I guess the, the open pat, monastic traditions, um, like the, the way of the, way of the open hand.
1: Um. Yeah. Some cl- some subclasses I'd say are very much pick up and play. I'd say this is the closest monk gets to that. Um, or maybe the sun soul, but not quite in the same way. Um, because this is just uh, a lot of, a, you get to really enhance your flurry of blows by getting being able to attach different um, effects to successful hits with it. Um, you get some some basic healing. You get some. Yeah, the uh, you get to cast. I get to think you get to cast sanctuary on yourself. Get uh, back to level eleven. Double check that. But yeah, I mean... You, or that might be a base, basic monk ability, I'm not sure. Well, still, it... it
0: you know, the, the ability to heal yeah. oneself and eventually to, to use the Quivering Palm attack, those yeah, are... Yeah, Quivering Palm... Those are, those are fantastic for, for a beginner where yeah, you're, I suppose, more or less just... Testing the waters of the either just role playing or, or uh, playing a
1: monk. Yeah, one thing I, uh, uh one thing going back to the uh, original monk class, they they actually get one really great spell, but not till really late in the game. All monks do. Uh, they get the empty body, which lets them turn invisible and also resistant to damage at the time, and if they have enough time they can take themselves and several others to the astral plane using the astral projection spell which is normally a ninth level necromancy spell <laughs>
0: that is pretty neat well moving moving on to the more the the dark yeah. i guess the darker path we've got the way of the shadow yeah and I, I view that as a... It's more of a subterfuge type of monk. Uh, a cloak and dagger, very...
2: High mobility, almost roguish. Yeah.
0: yeah, almost roguish. Very assassinesque.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, they one of their subtitles that it can be used in place of it is ninja, so you've got that. They've got some illusions. They can cast minor illusion. They can turn invisible... They can cast they can darkness as long as both places are in darkness. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and they towards towards the end they're actually able to take an opportunity attack against a creature when that creature is hit. Yeah, so that's you know if you if you've got
1: so just adding injury to injury. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're just you're just piling on at that point.
1: Yeah, I can I can see. I mean that. Yeah. If
0: you've got a, a couple of fighters, uh, you know, a fighter and a barbarian going at it, and you take that, you know, if you're if you're kind of sandwiched in the middle, initiative-wise, you know, the they'll take a hit, you know, assuming they take a hit every time the
1: the melee fighters roll, then it's just I think it's a reaction, though, isn't it? You can only do one of those per round. But still, that's still pretty good.
0: I have to double check the, the rules on that, but yeah, that's still, still pretty, pretty good. And the fact that you can give yourself dark vision would be helpful, assuming no one in the party has dark vision, or even then casting yeah, darkness. We were
1: our first fifth edition party, and I was the only person in the party who didn't have dark vision. <laughs> it was a real thing. And then I
0: think you were you are the only one I think at one point. No, that was the fourth edition game where you were the hobgoblin who was the in plate armor and the only one who made that stealth check. Yeah, pass without a trace would have really been helpful every, for everybody else. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the the last of the general. Uh, monastic traditions we have the way of the four elements and i view this as sort as as a, a as a um
2: let's call it what it is it's an airbender
0: yeah it's an airbender sorcerer light um where yeah,
1: that can punch people
0: yeah it it's it it seemed... still has
1: flurry of blows and stuff. But... Yeah,
0: it does, but you can use your, your, your chi points to to cast, you know lower level elemental spells.
1: And Yeah, I, I actually like though that they do get several abilities that are unique, like Whip of Water. Um they get a few others like that. Oh, they also get uh fangs of the fire snake, which basically lets them punch things 15 feet away. (laughs) And do fire damage with.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, it's... I think that's a a pretty neat balance of fighter and spellcaster, because more, you know, the spellcasting classes tend to be very easy to
2: hit. Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, too, this adds some versatility to your party because, you know, depending on the party makeup, you could end up in a case where there's all melee, you know, for example, you know, and you need somebody that has some sort of a spell utility. And that's one of the things, you know, the monk is a class that is versatile enough that you can change around and interplay a little bit with your party to cover any weaknesses for it. You know, there's a couple other classes that do that as well, but the monk is versatile enough that it can... Serve a lot of purposes in the party to, and fill any gaps that you have.
1: They've also been playing within our our Arcana with the monsters. Actually, one that has something twice as effective as he as uh, Lay on Hands from the Paladin. It's kind of funny because flurry of blows, like they have to be right up on them, but you can you know use your attack to use that to heal someone. If you use flurry of blows, you could actually make one of your hits punching your ally next to them and healing you. I mean, healing them.
2: I'm gonna beat the life back into you.
1: <laughs> well,
0: speaking of uh, draining life and giving life, we move into the the two monastic traditions that are heavily set in the Forgotten Realm setting. Or heavily focused, I should say. The way of the long death and the way of the sun soul. And the way of the long death. It it really sounds sounds like a, a horrible way of necromancy. Um,
1: but yeah, it's like the nec. Romancer and the monk had a baby. <laughs> um the the sword ghost says their origin story. <laughs> <sword. laughs>
0: the adherents worship the concept of death more than any deity. Um I did I did find funny that the well a Simpsons joke played in my head as I was reading their abilities when uh the first one the way the long death monk learns his touch of death and all I could think of is Bart Simpson getting beat up by bullies after he said he knew karate and the touch of death
1: yeah
0: which I can see are, I can see uh, happening in one of our campaigns if someone rolls a critical fail on on their attack
1: yeah and if, for those of you who uh, may read the DD novel is a very prevalent monk of the Long Death. If you've read the Haunted Lands trilogy, and if you haven't, you should. Named Malark Spring Springhill. You want to know what the Long Death is all about? Um, read him, especially in book three, uh, which is Unholy, I believe. Okay. And Then they're next. Then they
0: learn Hour of Reaping, which. I think it's pretty good. It, it causes other creatures to be frightened until the end of your next turn.
1: Yeah, and what's really interesting about that is I actually noticed this in the two monastic traditions from Sword Coast Adventurers, guys. A lot of their abilities don't use Chi, and this is one of them. You can just do this one.
2: Mm-hmm. What, the only thing about that's kind of funny, though, is it's until the end of your next turn. It's not really an hour, so Hour of Reaping...
0: I don't know. You may take a you, you exactly. may take an hour siesta. Just say, you know what, I'll I'll be back in an hour and then come back and go at it again. Um, although it, it does seem that uh the way of the long death, their their uh key points go are are safe for the higher levels. Um they also they gain the ability to regain one HP for one key point if they're reduced to zero HP.
1: Um, yeah, that's really good if you if if you've got the the horrible you know fail the saving throw at the most inopportune moment sort of thing. Yeah, because there are some things that'll reduce you to zero hit points right away, mm-hmm. like uh, like a Vanshee's whale, for example. And how
0: she manages so to drag a save. whale. Wail all through the realms, I have no idea. Usually depends on our purpose. <laughs> uh, although I think the I think the, the the point of the key points in the the way of the long death is the their final ability, the touch of the long death, is where a creature yeah. within five feet of you um takes two d10 necrotic, or they they have to make a Constitution saving throw, and they take two d10, and you decide before rolling how many points to spend. Two d10 necrotic damage per key point spent, and you can spend either from one to ten, or half as much on a yeah, successful save. Ouch. Yeah. And then you expend your shrouds. <laughs> and then I expend my shrouds. Yes. <laughs> but I think that one there
1: is yeah that that's a really powerful a really powerful thing so if i have a monk of the long death in my party or like in the party you guys are in the last boss will be a lich just so i can be a jerk
0: <laughs> and the the second of the uh second of the monastic traditions from the sword coast is the way of the sun soul. And this one is almost explicitly the, the way of the long death is heavily referenced in the realms, but the way of the, but it's easier to move to different campaign settings. Um, than I would say the way of the sun soul, uh, because it, it comes on the belief that it comes from the earth, it's rooted in the belief that it's following the path of the ancient empire of Netheril, which places it firmly in the realms.
1: Yeah. And, although with the, I, I thought it was kind of weird considering, um, what Netheril was known for. Um, cause their stuff tend to be more dark and shadowy and stuff, which seemed kind of odd. Uh, I can actually see this being adopted by, uh, Several other campaign things. I mean, they have some uh, adaptation advice in the back of Sword Coast Adventures Guide. But where the sun is so focal in places like Athens in the Dark Sun world, I could see this being some religious order that forms there. Only maybe your powers are red there. I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: I I see this one as. I, I don't know. They. Your ba- your basic use is you get light or you get light element spells for your key points. So yes, it, it's yeah. more of a, it, I say it's more of a subset of the way of the four elements.
1: Um, maybe, but not in the same way. You don't get to really pick them or power, well, you do get to power some of them up and you do get some stuff that's original. Um, for example, um, at the beginning, you get that radiant bolt, which which uh, it basically um, allows you to punch people at a distance with radiant damage, because you're basically throwing a star bolt um, for all our DC fans who might be listening. You, you basically get to throw a bolt of it um, up to 30 feet away and do whatever your martial arts damage is. And then there's also one that does radiant damage, but it's basically fireball. And then radiant shield I like too, which is their ultimate ability. Although I would love to just have a Dwerdar or a Drow in the party at that point. Mm -hmm. You shed bright light within 30 feet of you and dim light for an additional 30 feet. I could just have that character wake up the Dwergar. <laughs> um, but also in addition to that, whenever you're hit, you you do a lot of damage back for every time you're hit by an enemy. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's uh, actually uh, significantly different from the 4 elements one.
2: In any case, each of them he's has kind of their own unique ability to, to tank, though. You know, in, in some instances, whether it's sort of reflecting damage back, uh, whether it's using the key points to heal up, it kind of as an overview of all of them. Each of them retains some sort of a healing or defensive mechanic as they progress.
1: Oh, and I forgot one thing I, I love about the Monk, about mobility. They get slow fall, which, at least in games I played most of the time, No one falls far enough to ever... Like, you can reduce it by five times your level. Your monk level. And never have I had a situation where someone's fallen farther than that damage could be turned off. So, just being able to fall a long way, land on your feet, and keep going.
0: Well, that means in my campaign, I'll have to... uh, I'll have to figure out how deep that hole's gotta be.
1: Well... Uh yeah, you will. Or or we just suddenly start uh playing in the desert from the Ro Runner and Wily Coyote cartoon. <laughs> hmm. All right, now that we've covered the
0: the the monk paths role playing a monk. Monks are inherently monastic and and require Require, you know, some reason to leave their monasteries. Now I know Zach, and your character is, for all intents and purposes, a unarmed fighter, who just is under the, I guess the the class type of monk. So that's that is one way yeah, to, they, to get them out out of the out of the monastery.
1: Yeah, there's uh, there's other things. Some of the monk monastic orders they mention in Sword Coast Adventures Guide, for example. Um, Even though the abilities and such are often often linked to more East Asian themes, the Western Christian-style monk is still there in many of them. Like many of them, such as from various monasteries of flowers, um, worship Ilmater, who's the god of endurance and relieving of suffering so they go out to uh try to, to try to end suffering of innocent people when they can and then there's like orders that are dedicated to loss or um or evil uh political uh desires like the dark moon monks which uh generally seem to lean towards ninja there's there's a lot of there's some that deliberately uh, defend places like candle keep or or various um religious groups like ones that are meant to guard clerics or priests so Mm -hmm. you've got you've got things you can do there
2: Well, in terms of setting up the backstory, just as far as a personal story for the monk too, you can obviously just do any kind of spiritual journey, um, you know, or um, even even going to test yourself. You said, you know, mentioning like the endurance, you know, um, and then there's also, you know, search for ancient wisdom or anything like that to improve themselves.
0: Yeah, well, there is agreed. There there are ways to to do that. In fact, um, uh, the character Danica in the Cleric Quintet by R. A. Salvatore, which I highly recommend, very good, very good set of uh, books. Is she? She goes to the Edificent Library because that is where the the teachings of her of her Grand Master, the the founder of her order, is stored, and the only place where it is saved. And because she goes there, there's a lot of adventures that happen because she is, she happens to be there. So, yeah, the, the search for no, ancient knowledge or even higher knowledge within your order could provide some of that.
1: Yeah. Um, also, I was thinking just now uh, something from Volo's Guide came into mind. Uh, there's the Kai Rin... Um, uh, monster which is basically also a heavily eastern themed noble sort of heavenly spirit celestial sort of thing they often get followers and make shrines and stuff out in the middle of nowhere but they're still crusaders against evil so you might be one of their disciples and that's how your monk could get in there These are
0: all good Good ideas. Now, what about fitting monks into a party? Say, an existing party, not not you've started your, everybody started their game, and uh, you know we, we've rolled our characters, and and someone chooses to be a monk, but say later in you're needing to to bring an NPC or even a, a a new a new player in who, who's going to be a monk.
1: Well like always uh, DMs should use hooks and if you specifically if you're adding like one person you might want to try to find some way to get them uh, either initially working cross purposes with the party or along the same lines depending on how exactly you want them to initially interact with each other. so you had to come up with a reason for the monk to be there as you would for, you know, even a starting character. Um, so that's what I'd say there. I, I don't think adding one to the party has much uh, more difficulty than it would to have one starting an adventure with them.
0: I can agree with you on that.
2: In some ways, I'd argue that it's actually easier to have them jump in mid-campaign than it would be to start the party. When when you have them starting the party, the burden of coming up with the backstories on the person, and at least from the Dungeon Master's perspective, then you may have to incorporate their story into the campaign, but you're not having to direct the campaign to get the story involved necessarily. But all that burden's on the player character when they're being created and how they get to the party from that point um if you do it like midway through as a dungeon master you can organically you know direct the party to a a monastery um, and, and have that be the intro point where the monk picks up or at least incorporated in and then all of a sudden here's a monk that's joining the group for whatever reason
1: yeah sometime sometimes i'm going to have to play a dark moon monk just because
0: well, we'll we'll figure that out. Perhaps they might join later on in our campaign. But that's all we've got for this evening. I'd like to thank everybody and thank both Zachary and Michael for joining us. We'll see, see you next time, and y'all have a great night. Thanks. I would like to thank all of our guests as well as thank bensound.com for our music, Extreme Action, You can find them at bensound.com.